We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Featuring Real Most Finest, Monte Hill, the pride of the Excelsior, Joe Butcher Boy Shasky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, the morning roast. Oh, baby, what is happening here in the Bay Area? Good morning to everybody out there. Getting out their graveyard shift, all the cops, all the firefighters, all the beauty bus drivers, park conductors, students, teachers. Construction workers, janitors, plumbers, carpenters, security guards, mailmen. You know what time it is. It's Bang Bang Niner game as we get ready for the divisional round playoff game between the Green Bay Packers and the 49ers. Of course, kick it off at 515 on Fox Sports, and we cannot wait. We cannot wait to be in the building, and we cannot wait to talk to Greg Olson. Greg Olson, of course, played with Christian McCaffrey out in Carolina. It's your biggest memory of Greg Olson as a player. I mean, there's a bunch of them, but he had some monster years with Cam. Those are some of my big memories of him. Hitting the seam Hitting right the down seam. the middle. Hitting the seam. Pride of uh, Miami University. He became one of the better tight ends in all of football, Greg Olson, that is. So I can't wait to talk to well, him about all it. Those, all those Miami tight ends were ballers. Shockey, Winslow, yeah. and him all, yep. all in a row. Uh-huh. I mean, those were some great, great tight ends. Great, te- I mean, great teams, but yeah, great tight ends. Oh, they had a run. They had a run, no doubt about that. I mean, people forgot Jeremy Shockey was saucy. He was sick. He was sick. Uh, by the way, shout out to the Comcast Business Text Line. YouTube and Twitch brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union. The smart choice for low auto loan rates. It's super simple. Online application process. All right, let's bring in Greg Olson. Courtesy of the Boxer and Gerson Guest Line. Greg Olson. I mean, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite analysts in all of football here. I think he brings the heat. I think he does a hell of a job. He had a hell of a Super Bowl last year uh, with Kevin Burkhardt, of course, on Fox Sports. He'll be on a call this Saturday with the Niners trying to Stifle the Green Bay Packers, who had a big-time upset last week in Dallas. Greg, good morning, man. Welcome to 95.70 Game. Bonte Hill, Joe Shasky, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. How's it going? Good morning, man. We're fired up to talk to you. We're fired up to talk about this football game. Obviously, a lot of variables here, and everybody loves to talk about the quarterback. So you're up close and personal to watch Jordan Love last Sunday in Dallas, and we're all taken. We're all shocked. Uh, not that Jordan Love isn't a good quarterback because he has been one of the hotter quarterbacks down the stretch here over the last nine weeks. It's just the way they took apart the Dallas Cowboys. You're there up close and personal. What did they do so well to really, to really had the Cowboys confused there defensively? Yeah, you know, leading into the game, I think, you know, as we kind of broke it down and we, we prepared for the call, I think we actually had some, we had a pretty good feel that offensively Green Bay was going to be okay. I, I think the biggest factor that we knew going in was the better Green Bay's defense could play. And, and obviously that Dallas offense led the league in scoring and was, you know, pretty much unstoppable at home was the, the better Green Bay's defense could play, especially early the longer it would allow Green Bay to play their style, right? Green Bay is not going to be a shotgun, drop back, throw the ball a million times. That's not Matt LaFleur. That's not their offense. It's not what's made them, you know, the back half of the season be, you know, one of the best offenses in the entire league. It was the ability to be in, you know, run situations and play from under center and play action pass and give the ball to Aaron Jones, who's done a four-game kind of heater. But that's only – you're only able to operate that way – if you're not playing from behind and the defense isn't giving up points every possession. So really we thought the emphasis going into the game was really on Green Bay's defense and because they played so well, they forced the two they forced the early turnover by Jair Alexander when they were up seven nothing to make it fourteen and then obviously the pick six by Savage to make it twenty seven. But once you find yourself up two three and then eventually four scores that's exactly where Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love and this offense is comfortable because now you know, you sell out to stop their run game, and they're throwing the ball to this young, talented group down the field. And then you try to play the play-action stuff, and they hand the ball off to Aaron Jones. So 
the balance of their offense is their strength, but the balance of their offense is only, you know, is only able to be used in, when they're not losing and when they're winning by as much as they were against Dallas. You know, maybe it's the, the arrogance in 49er fans, myself, watching this team all year. They've been dominant all year. It's hard to unsee the Green Bay Packers, though, smashing the Cowboys the way they did. I thought of the Cowboys in high regard. But had the game been played a week prior, and it was Niners-Packers, and the Cowboy game had never existed, wouldn't we be viewing this matchup differently? Yeah, right. We're all victims of the moment, right? We're all creatures of what we've seen last, and we make our decisions based on that. You know, a couple weeks ago, when the 49ers had, you know, a tough night and some lucky, you know, unlucky bounces went against them against Baltimore, it feel like it felt like everybody jumped off the 49er bandwagon. It kind of goes both ways, and you know, in neither situation do I, you know, is it fair? But that's the nature of the hot reaction kind of world that we all live in, especially around the NFL this time of year. So. Uh, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think when, when you see a team like Green Bay go on the road as a seventh seed and beat, you know, what's been one of the better teams across the entire league and, you know, and, and especially at home, and not just beat them. I mean, it was 27 nothing with two seconds right. left in the first half, right? They, they right. punched in the last touchdown to, to make it 27-7 at the break. But, I mean, it was a pretty thoroughly all phases of the game handling and um, – no, I think that's you're as good as your last outing in the NFL, and you're as bad as your last outing in the NFL, at least in the eye of the perception. And but I still think of your San Francisco coming off a bye, healthy, coming out of the gates fast, playing at home. I, you know, I, I still think if you're a 49er fan, you, you should be feeling as good as any team in the league going into this week's games. Greg Olson to be on the call alongside Kevin Burkhart for Fox Sports does a tremendous job in the booth, was a tremendous tight end in the NFL for many, many years from 07 to 2020. And he played with Christian McCaffrey out in Carolina. Now, Greg, I think people out here in the Bay Area forgot how good Christian McCaffrey was because we saw him down the road at Stanford. And we were thinking, boy, if the Niners drafted him coming out of Stanford, now they didn't. They went Solomon Thomas. Christian McCaffrey goes to the East Coast. But then last season on this show, we are thinking, boy, the Niners, they got a home run hitting running back. How cool would that be in the Shanahan offense? And they went to go make the trade for Chris McCaffrey. Nobody remembers the picks they gave up for Chris McCaffrey because he's been that good. Seeing him against this Packers defense in that run game, how good is this Packers run defense, and how are they going to be able to slow down Chris McCaffrey? Because he does so many different things on the football field. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Christian's a close friend of mine. You know, played with him for years in Carolina. I was his teammate for his thousand thousand year, and you know, just. I could go on. We could do an entire show on just Christian McCaffrey and, and the way he prepares and the type of guy he is. And, and I don't think I'm telling anybody. I don't think I'm telling anybody out there anything they don't already know. But I think what what makes McCaffrey unique in, in the scope of on the field is there's typically two types of backs in the league, right? There's the every down kind of bell cow gets the hard yards, he's getting third and shorts, he's asked to punch it in the goal line. He, he's got to do the dirty between the tackle runs and, and kind of go up there and, and, and muddy it up. And then there's the, the home run guy. There's the guy that they try to get on the perimeter, they throw screens, they use them in the passing game. On most teams, that's two different guys. Right? On most teams, that's a committee approach, and they try to you know, use each guy towards his strengths. What's unique about Christian is he's both. You know, he's the guy that you want to give for the tough runs, the gotta-have-it runs, but then he's also the guy that Shanahan is as good as anybody in the league, finding matchups, using him out of the backfield in the passing game, running choice routes, running slot receiver routes. I mean, he could play slot receiver in the NFL if that's what he committed himself to. So he's just unique in that regard because while most teams in today's NFL – on defense or saying, okay, if I got to, if I got to choose, I'm going to stop the passing game because you can score a lot quicker, generate a lot more explosive plays in the air than you can traditionally on the ground. San Francisco is really the exception to that rule. Their ability to generate explosive runs is what really makes their run game such a threat. And I think that's why teams come into games, taking it away. It's less about the gross yards. It's less about that. It's the explosive nature of Christian and that scheme that Shanahan has that scares defense. You know, they're not worried about your run game going four or five yards a clip. They're worried about McCaffrey first play of the game, taking it the distance (laughs) like he did a few weeks ago. You know, like that's what scares teams. And then all of a sudden from there, Brock Purdy's thrown against eight man boxes on first and second down. And, you know, he's got, he's got one of the best skill groups in the league and, and obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So it all goes hand in hand, but, uh, 
it, it, McCaffrey, in my mind, he's he's the linchpin of the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, I think we I think we all agree on that one. You, you keep referencing Brock Purdy. A lot's been made of Brock Purdy this year, especially from like a national level. Is he good? Is he really really good? Is he the the, the bus driver or is he the passenger? And I don't know. When I watch the guy play, I just feel like he's got a great feel, command. He understands where the blitzes are coming from. He's very accurate. He does so many little things well. I obviously you know the game inside and out because you played it. You're friends with CMC. What are some of the things that maybe the novice on their couch doesn't pick up on? What are the guys behind the scenes saying about this guy, which proves to you he's got it? I think the two biggest things that stand out when you watch the tape and, and you really kind of dive into to this offense, I think, well, before that, I, I think there's a lazy narrative out there that just because you have a great coach, which obviously Kyle Shanahan is, and just because you, who also is a great play caller, and then also because you're surrounded by really good talent that somehow that minimizes the type of player that you are. And, and, I, and I just I think throughout history, we haven't really applied the same, the same guidelines to other really, right? And we never held it against Kurt Warner. He's a Hall of Famer, rightfully so. No one ever said, yeah, but he had a Hall of Fame left tackle. Okay, so does, so does Purdy. He had two Hall of Fame receivers. He had a Hall of Fame running back. So, you know, Peyton Manning played with you know, some of the best wide receivers in history. For whatever reason, everyone loves to use that against Purdy. So I think that narrative hopefully starts to play itself out because all the kid does is play at a high level since he took over. But back to the original point, I think the two biggest things that stand out, he's an elite processor. He is able to eliminate reads. He's able to eliminate sides of the field based on coverage. He's a lit, he is a really, really quick processor of information, which allows him to make fast decisions and get the ball to the appropriate place on time, which then leads to obviously the big yards after catch, which is accuracy and delivering the ball on time while the guy is open and allowing him to run. So I think that's number one. And then I think on number two, of all the great things – San Francisco does really on both sides of the ball. And they're obviously, you know, at the top of the list in pretty much every category. They're, they're middle of, with the exception of Trent Williams, it's a middle of the road offensive line pass protection wise. They're by no means bad, but they're not one of these like dominant offensive lines from the drop back mm-hmm. pass standpoint. I think Brock Purdy has done a unbelievable job playing from dirty pockets, playing with pressure, playing with guys at his feet. You know, he leads almost every category in the league, yards per attempt, completion percentage, all the important metrics under pressure. And I think most quarterbacks in this league operate at a clean pocket pretty well. I mean, if they couldn't do that, they wouldn't be in the league. But, man, his ability to operate from a messy pocket, his ability to make off-platform throws, his ability to keep his eyes downfield when protection's not perfect – I, I think that is another element that kind of separates him from a lot of young guys around the league. Greg Olson here on the Morning Roast, courtesy of the Boxer and Gerson guest line. He'll be on a call Saturday. Does a tremendous job for Fox Sports. Really love your work, Greg. Uh, in the booth there, you're a great tight end as well. Um, real quick before we get into that, Green Bay, what they did to Dallas. Obviously, the, you mentioned the two picks, right? The pick six by Darnell Savage to make it 27-0. Jair Alexander picking it off when it was 7-0. Then slowing down the run game early there. What can the Packers defense do to befuddle Brock Purdy? Because now we're starting to hear some talk. Devontae Wyatt talking about, hey, if we put pressure on Brock, we could create some turnovers. It's almost a guarantee. What can they do to really do to, 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 to stifle this Niners offense? Because you just mentioned it here. They got two wide receivers in Debo and Ayuku are ballers. George Kittle's probably the best tight in the football outside of Travis Kelsey, and he was probably better and more productive this season. So what can Green Bay do to replicate that performance defensively against the 49ers? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a different animal this week. I think last week they were able to go into that game against Dallas and say, okay, everything against Dallas starts with the passing game, right? First down passing, best team in the league. You know, they want, they're still good on third down. Like mm-hmm. everything was about Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and the passing game. The, the running game for Dallas this year was a little bit of an afterthought. Now, people say, oh, you got to have some more balance. They led the league in scoring. And the reality is, in the NFL, you score by throwing the ball. The fastest way to score, explosive pass plays. The easiest way to score is through the air. And they had one of the best quarterbacks who had an MVP-type MVP season right. in back. And 
the best wide, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in the league in CD with again other other talented guys around right. him. So I think they went into that game saying, okay, I can play more four down fronts on first and second down when they had traditionally been five man fronts in their base personnel. They were traditionally a single high safety team, played a lot more too high, saying, all right, let's keep the ball in front of us and let's rally tackle. Now, part of that was the game plan coming in, but also part of that was the score got so out of hand. Green Bay was able to play that style of defense and just say, hey. Just don't let him throw and score right. quick over our head. We're up by four scores. So mm-hmm. I, I just I think you have to be careful defending San Francisco that way. I think the really the only down San Francisco is a pass heavy team is first down. Every other down in situation, they are a run first team. And it goes back to our earlier conversation because they're able to generate explosive mm-hmm. runs. That that's the element that makes them so hard. So I think Green Bay's gotta be a little bit more versatile with mixing up their five-man fronts, mixing up their four-man fronts. They, they've really got to play the, the down and distances perfect because you play nickel, you play four-man nickel against, you know, when use checks out there and Kittle and Christian and Debo and Ayuk, and they're in 21 personnel that they major in. Well, you play them in base between Kittle and Ayuk and Trent Williams, uh, you're going to have a hard time stopping the run, right? And then all of a sudden you say, all right, we got we got to bring some bigger bodies out there. We're going to play five-man front close the coverage, extra man in the box, and now they're an empty. And, and George Kittle's like a wide receiver, you know, use checks like a tight end, and McCaffrey's a receiver, and now you say, okay, now what? So it, it's just their style puts so much pressure on you, it's hard to play them in man because of San Francisco's personnel and their formation variety. So everyone just pretty much zones everything out. It, it's a uh, – listen, it is – the best offense in the league for a reason combination of scheme combination of obviously elite personnel and um it's just a little bit of a different animal in their balance that green bay didn't have to really worry about last week against uh against dallas breaks it down so well he's so good i love it (laughs) you play with peppers in chicago before he was with carolina and and before you had joined carolina then you play with luke keekley like i'm looking at two guys on this defense because the defense kind of the pass rush evaporated especially in that dallas cowboy playoff game last year and and they need the pass rush and they need this guy fred warner to be everywhere guarding aaron jones in the flat and and just stuff in the run how do they get those guys going do they match up well against green bay I'm talking Nick Bosa and Fred Warner because that front seven and being dominant and getting back, if they want to get to the Super Bowl, those two guys to me have to play like it. What do you think? How do, how do they get those guys going? Yeah, I mean, obviously those guys are amongst the elite players in the league. And, you know, last week Dallas had their, you know, premier rusher in Micah and, you know, obviously Bosa and, and Micah and the Miles Garrett to the world and the and the TJ Watts, they're kind of that upper echelon defensive line kind of elite category. I think a a big difference between San Francisco and Dallas is is really just the style of their off the ball linebackers. You know, Dallas kind of plays that dime. All those linebackers are, you know, two hundred and ten pound safeties who are fast and physical, but they're built to defend the pass. They're built to play with the lead. That's you know, that's by design, Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, how they built that roster and you know, it's obviously served them well, you know, overall, they, they've struggled in the playoffs. San Francisco, again, a little bit of a different, a little bit of a different world, you know, with those two off the ball backers. So I would add Dre Greenlaw to that mix. I, I think Greenlaw and, and, and Fred, yes, they make a million tackles. Yes. They're sideline to sideline. I think the difference of got, the difference that those guys bring is it is very hard to throw the ball in between the hash marks. It's very hard to attack the middle of the field and play action and all that. Because Fred and Dre are just, they're big, they're long, they've got great instincts, they can tell the difference between play-action pass and handoff based on how the guard comes out of his stance. You don't see him take those big play fakes and get sucked up and let the guy get behind him. So I, I think Fred's one of the elite players regardless of position on the defensive side of the ball. I think Dre Greenlaw is kind of their, he's their enforcer, he's their kind of, He's their thumper. He's their banger. I mean, he, he's, he's coming to, to punish guys when he gets to the ball. Those off, their ability off the ball to run, tackle, limit yards after catch yep. in space, and, and defend the pass, I, I think linebacker, that specific position, I think is, is the key this week for San Francisco because there, there's other good D-lines, right? There's right. other good pass rushers. They just did a great job last week against Parsons. And again, I'm not saying they're going to stifle Bosa. I'm right. just, very few teams have the linebackers 
to go along with the front mm-hmm. that San Francisco does. No, that's such a great point. You talk about tackling. We saw that with Philadelphia on Monday night against Tampa Bay. Six-yard pass plays, score for 50-yard touchdowns there. you got to tackle at this time of the year. And it's all about the churches, of course. Greg, real quick, before we let you go, we enjoy you so much on the broadcast. We're so glad that you joined us today because all season long, whenever you do a Niner game and you're the color analyst for a 49er game, we're like, man, Greg also really brings it. Absolutely. When did you know? Because we know you started broadcasting as a player. It's a very unique situation. But when did you know full-time that, you know what, I'm going to make a career out of it. And by the way, you should remain the number one team yes. once that quarterback decides if he wants to be a broadcaster or not. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know, it's funny. I If I had to pick one fan base that I hear from the most that thinks I don't like them, I would have to say it's San Francisco. And really? I can't quite figure out. No. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. I swear no, they don't. They don't say that I don't like me on the games. They right. say they don't. That I don't like San Francisco, which <laughs> couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> you know, we, we cheer for we cheer for close games, but it's also our our job to we're going to criticize things that right. are wrong, and we're going to praise both teams when they do things right. And just because this weekend we praise San Francisco doesn't mean we're cheering for them. And right. just because we talk about how great Jordan Love is and all that doesn't mean we are cheering against San Francisco. So that's kind of the nature of the beast. So I appreciate you guys saying that. And, um, you know, I, I don't really know if there was really a, a moment. I, I had some cool opportunities back in seven, 2017. I, uh, I was, you know, I was still playing here right. in Carolina and it was a bye week and I had done a Fox audition a couple of years, uh, maybe an off season or two earlier. I remember the exact year. And they asked me, they said, Hey, on your bye week would you like to join a three man booth at Charles Davis and Kevin Burkhart and, and join that booth at the time they were the Fox number two crew. And uh, we went up to Minnesota and called the game uh, called the Vikings game. And I did that on my bye week as a current player. So I did it in 17, yep. Yep. really enjoyed it. Um, and then in 19, they let me come back and do it as a two man booth with, with Kenny Albert. So that was my first time in there just by myself, no other analyst. And, uh, they they said, you know, whenever you retire, we have a spot for you. So my first year, I was able to join Kevin on the B crew. And then, of course, everything went down last the last uh, two years ago. And... Nah, you, we'll see, and as you referenced, we'll see what happens. Nah, you, you've done a you've done a great job. I think in the Super Bowl, man, you were on it, man. I, I truly, we enjoy it. And you're a tight end. We, we always see these quarterbacks see in the book of DBs. Yeah, he is in my. Come see, on. Greg, I'm not going to admit. Well, I'm going to admit I'm a Florida State oh, fan, but I have respect for the U. I do have respect hey, for Greg, the U. Greg, Greg, before you get out of here, this is how you win over the <laughs> Bay Area. You go on that broadcast on Saturday night, and you say. I went on with the guys on the morning roast on 95.7 The Game. I'm now a roaster. And trust me, you will get unanimous approval. You can walk through the Excelsior right now with your head high. Fair enough. Hey, that might be my open. <laughs> and by the way, our producer went to the University yes, of Miami, so he guy. may be more excited than us. So, Greg, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, man. Have a great call Saturday. We really enjoy you in the booth with Kevin Burkhart. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate you having me. Take Anytime. care. Anytime. Greg Olson here on the Morning Ross on 8570 Game, courtesy of the Boxer Girls and Guest Line. He just breaks it down. And he breaks down the, the formation, the four-man fronts, the five-man fronts. Nickel, I love the way he puts it, man. For the casuals, he makes it so under so understandable to understand the concepts of a defense or an offense. I'm Kevin Burkhart, and I'm Greg Olson, and I'm a roaster. <laughs> I love that so bad. If that happens. You love how I slip oh, that in yeah, there, no, didn't you? I know. Only you could do it like only that. Me? Only you. Only you. All right. We're going to get to the calls. Bump Carlos Ramirez to 835. 835, Carlos Ramirez. Because we got to get, these we gotta get the calls in. we got to get everybody in here. Oh, I see Ricky and Denfield. Okay, Ricky. I see you. You're out of the woodwork here. By the way, some breaking news with the Golden State Warriors, and I figured this would happen. The NBA is postponing Friday's game between the Warriors and Mavericks after the sudden death of Golden State assistant coach Dayon Milojovic, and it's probably for yeah, the best. Yeah. Of course, the Warriors and Jazz was postponed last night, so no Warriors and Mavericks game tomorrow postponed. So the Warriors will probably be back next Wednesday when they take on the Atlanta Hawks. And by the way, mm. last chance to type in a keyword on this show, the keyword to winning this Christian McCaffrey autographed jersey. Jersey, J E. R-S-E-Y, Jersey to 20357, Jersey to 20357. By the way, did you know that Greg Olson had initially enrolled at Notre Dame? I didn't know that. Yeah, Danny transferred to the U. Charlie Weiss? He transferred to the U. Huh. The U's been playing... 
paying players years before the NIL. Oh man! So if it ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Two zero three five seven. Yeah, two zero three five seven. If you want to get that Christian McCaffrey jersey, you could qualify again from one from twelve thirty to one thirty, from four thirty to five thirty. You have twelve chances all week long. All right, what's coming up in the game? Brought to you by Fremont Bank Full Service Bank. You no know, compromises. Colors for mirrors in about eight minutes. BPA, Ricky, May, Buddy, Aaron. We're getting to you all here on the morning roster ninety five seven. The game. Live on YouTube right now. Take it away, Bonte. Give me that Hall of Notes. Chicago Jason, man. Oh, We're getting close to being blocked. Hall, wait, what? Who? No, not, no. Oh, no. I can't go for that. Go for Hall this. Hall of Notes. Can you play a little Rich Girl? I want to give a little special shout out when you find it. Um, uh, let me know when you find it because today's a special day. Chicago and Jason, man, you're not a real. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Niner fan. Why? We don't know how we get What's down. going on on the YouTube I chat just, today? It's just saying the Niners don't need Bosa to win the game. The Niners can win this game without Nick Bosa. Okay. You know, we're going right. to be a little uh, more <laughs> discerning on that YouTube chat, and we're going to start blocking people that talk out of line. Yeah. And it, you can create as many fake anonymous accounts as you we'll want. We'll block you. We'll, we'll continue just keep to blocking block you. you. We'll block no, you. We'll do the Matumbo. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Real quick, let's get to the calls before Colors from Mirrors. Yeah. By the way, don't miss the kickoff show this Sunday with Larry Krugel and Rizzo Neal live two hours before the start of the game at the Hilton Hotel in Santa Clara. Now, I think Dumas may be on the broadcast as well. Let's double nice. check that for Saturday. Nice. Double check that for Saturday. Hilton Hotel. Well, Dumas' season's over. Presented by Habits Law. You've been wrong. Habits Law <laughs> will fight to make it right. Call 1-800-INJURED or visit HabitsLaw.com. I talked to Dumas yesterday. He goes, B, if the 49ers lose, you know I'm going to be insufferable, Good. right? I said, oh, I know. I hope it. Oh, I know. I expect I it. I know a lot of fan base is going to come at us. But you know what? When you come at the Kings, notice I say Kings, plural, because Shaskin's a king, too. You bet not miss. Technically a Polish prince. No, 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 no. You're king. You're kingpin. Uh, let's go to BPA. Then we'll get the Ricky May money. BPA, what's happening? Brian and Paul Morning, guys. Hey, what's um, up, buddy? You know, I think... Uh, I'm not much, man. How are you doing? You know... You know, I think... You know, yesterday, yesterday that was... That was uh, that was a bummer, right? With what happened yesterday. I'm going to say Warriors, yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and like you know, it just feels like you know to be freaking out over the 49ers, right? It's it almost it feels not appropriate in some way. And so you know, at least for a week, I'm, my mindset is like I'm just appreciative. You know, we have you know a top five NFL quarterback we're paying eight hundred thousand dollars a year for, right? I mean, you want a bad situation? Look at Dak. Huh. Makes fifty-five million, yeah. and he's not good enough. Mm. And yet, they have no choice but to extend him, right? Because yeah. they don't have an, they don't have an alternative. And so, like, I feel like, yeah, the Niners have you know a three-year window this year and two more after, with Brock on his rookie deal. And you know, I'm appreciative, and I think we can't blame Brock for Kyle's past failings or Jimmy's failings, right? Brock's 19-3 and as a starter. He's 2-0 and in playoff games. He's started where he's been able to play. And that's it, right? I think that's not much to criticize. And so if he doesn't win a Super Bowl this year, I'm not going to freak out about it. And I think the Niners are in a good position, and I'm appreciative. You know, hey, 12 world championships in four decades yeah, in the Bay Area. BPA, let me Who push back a little bit. You know, BPA, let me push back, though. How disappointing would it be oh, if they didn't win this Super Bowl? It's only going to get harder moving I mean, forward. Exactly. 
This is the year. Um, I don't. I don't know why does it. I don't know why next year's any harder. To well, be honest, Debo will be know. older. Um, Kittle will Brock. be older. Trent Williams will be older. The injuries, yeah, for the most I mean, part, look, I mean, I have been fortunate I, this season yeah. with the injuries. Philly will regroup. The Rams will regroup. Detroit's I, a year better. Well, I, don't I don't know that. I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that Philly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't Philly know that Philly's going to regroup. Philly might be done. I don't know that. Right. I don't. I don't. I'm not afraid of any team with Jared Goff as the quarterback or Dak Prescott for that matter. Um, so, like you know, like I, I have some level of confidence in Kyle and John. I think there's some high salaried guys that probably aren't aren't living up to that on the Niners that they'll probably cut loose after this year. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, yeah, that's my well, take. See, you know, I, like, I would, right. Yeah, I, I would have... disagree with you on that. And, and BPA, love your opinions. Purdy's going to cost in a couple of years. And we've only we've seen a little glimpse of what it looks like when they aren't at full strength. And he's not his most optimal. He's at his best right now when they're fully strength. Now, maybe in a couple of years he grows some more and he has the ability to be able to offset missing a couple of guys mm-hmm. and make it work and, and still be elite and great and whatever. Maybe it's just too small of a sample size in the three games where he didn't have Trent and Debo. Like, I'll, I'll concede all of those right. things. But when you pay the quarterback a big chunk of money, whether it's $25 million or $55 million, Twenty-five million is George Kittle and CMC, just yeah. right now. Right. Okay. Twenty-five million is Debo, and and maybe an offensive lineman. Right. That's how it works. And I, I look at someone like uh, you know Jalen Hurts right now. His money is kicking in. They've got tough decisions to make coming up on finances. That's how pro sports works yeah. in the NFL. Let's go to uh, RJ real quick at Fairfield. RJ, what's happening? You're on a roast. Hey, what's up, Bonte Shasky? Hey, uh, real quick, can y'all take me to the game with y'all? Hell no, you ain't coming to the game with me. Oh my <laughs> I don't want to have to hear. Hey, hey, RJ, 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 real quick. I don't want to have to hear about you crying over the Kings blowing a 22-point fourth quarter lead against the Phoenix Suns. Oh. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I didn't call in for this, uh, Bonte. You That's asked if you wanted to ride with me to Levi Stadium. Right and I'm telling you why you can't ride right, with me no, to RJ, Levi Stadium. let me ask you a better question. If Bonte did allow you to ride with him and you popped in your cell phone or Bluetoothed it into the, into the speaker, what would be the first song you would play him on the way down there? Ah, man. To you get know me what? fired I'll up. I'll play some uh, Luther Vandross, man. What, are you trying to make love to Bonte? Yeah, you know? <laughs> what? No, man. It's just, it's just cool back, sit back, relax. You know what I'm saying? Before a football game? Oh, you want to listen to Luther? That's what I'm saying. Uh, what? RJ, all right. Wait, what? Wait. All right, you said I was making you nervous. Why am I making you nervous, RJ? Bonte, the more you talk, the more you make me nervous. Your confidence <laughs> is what's making me nervous. All right? The Lord, did you see what Green Bay did to the Cowboys? Ain't nobody expect that, right? If if the game was Green Bay 28, Cowboys 24, I'll feel good about this matchup. But what Green Bay did to the Cowboys makes me nervous, all right? That's all I want to say. And, hey, shoot me a DM if y'all got an extra ticket, man. I'm ready with y'all. Ready? I love you, RJ. RJ. But I am not playing <laughs> Luther Vandross the second I get in the. I, I, you know what? A, we're going to a playoff game. I can't wait to meet RJ. Niners, Packers, and this guy went straight I, to Luther. I, I need to know what RJ looks Are like. Are you kidding me? I need to know what RJ looks like. I need to. I need to meet RJ. <laughs> RJ something else, man. He is something else. Uh, Ricky and Danville, real quick. Ricky and Danville, did we get the main money? Ricky, what's that happening? That might have been one of the funniest calls. Ever. <laughs> to Luther Vandross. <laughs> Ricky, what's happening? Good morning, guys. What up? Good morning, guys. Good to, good to hear you guys. Uh, prayers for your family, Shasky. Uh, you, continue prayers, you know. And uh, man, let's go. I'm, I'm ready to line up right now to the front gate, man. Let's go. Sixty-one twenty-eight, <laughs> the loudest part of let's the stadium, go. man. We're gonna be rocking. We're gonna be rocking, man. We're gonna be rocking it. But you know what? I did want to say one thing, man. The one thing that the the Packers did is they probably turned on the tape that what we did to the Cowboys. That's mm-hmm. probably why they why they had the formula. You know what I'm saying? It's the Cowboys. Don't worry about it. I, I, I'm 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 always a little reserved, but at the same time, I'm confident our boys are going to show up. I'm confident they're going to show up. All right. You know, I, I, and I, yeah. I do want to say one thing. I do want to say one thing real quick. You know, big props to uh to Adam Peters, man. From day one, yeah. he's helped build this team. You know, and that's going to be a big loss, I think. But at the same time, big props to Adam Peters and his family. Congratulations. No doubt. No doubt. Thanks for the call, Ricky. Uh, new doobie category going to be created right now on the spot. Okay. Save that RJ call 
awkward roast moments. Yeah, I like that. I, 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 I like that. That was awkward. Uh, no, it was great. Bizarre. I want to riot with y'all. The Wait, people dude. who filmed the Pelosi break-in video <laughs> thought that was bizarre. Oh, my gosh. That's a joke. Oh That's a joke. Goodness. They said RJ should be in a Doobie Award nominee for 2024. He was for Roaster of the Year 2023. But he knew damn well we wouldn't give it Roaster of the Year to some Kings fan. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, Monte. RJ uh, may never win an award. Let's put in a little Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on on our way to the Niner game. <laughs> way to the Niner game. Don't, don't, I put my hand on your lap? He said, the more you talk, the more I get nervous. You're too confident. <laughs> hey, well, I was confident when the Warriors were taking out the Kings in the first round, right? How did that work out for you, RJ? Hey, Bonte, it's me, RJ. We're sitting at the <laughs> Niner game. Can we share some popcorn together? <laughs> You imagine watching a football game with RJ? Me? Let's cuddle. Hey, you imagine watching a football game with RJ? He'd be nervous every single play. Unbelievable. I can't get over the Luther Vandross. Luther Vandross out of all the pulls from RJ. I mean, oh, I'm boy. going straight to, I won't deny yeah. it. I'm a straight rider. Oh, I'm, I call that the Mission Street uh, anthem. It's, it's just all the ratchet music. It's 21 Savage. It's Lil Baby. It's it's, it's like pardon me. It's, no, 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 it's two pockets. You know, it's, yeah, pardon me. Pardon me. I'll never forget that beat. <laughs> and then that's when Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> pardon me, came on. Jimmy Garoppolo started throwing picks everywhere. Bonte He's turned his impressive. head. Jimmy pointed. He fluttered one up. Bonte was talking to the voice of the Niners. And I, he goes, what happened? Was that a punt? I go, Jimmy Garoppolo threw a three flies up interception in the middle of practice. And said it was irate. <laughs> it was hilarious. Let's bring in Carlos, pocket oh, square God. Ramirez. He hosts Giants pre post game live. The, the straps off. That <laughs> was so funny. Uh, I'll never forget part that. Part me. Da, 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 part me. Hey, listen, Bonte's Carlos Ramirez. Shazamming the song as Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing interceptions all over the 49er practice field. Uh, there's another song I Shazam. No, that's Trady Camp. Uh, it was a little baby all in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a banger. Yeah, it is. All right, Carlos Ramirez, he's been on hold for way too long. Mr. Pocket Square himself, host of 49ers pre post game live, host of Giants pre post game live. Will you be at the field on Sunday Car- or Saturday? Excuse me, Carlos. I will not. I'll be in studio. Oh, that's even better. That's better yeah, for the show. I, yeah, no rain, no rain uh, in studio. But yes, I'm, uh, we'll be ready. You, you don't have to get that pocket square all wet, and you know those nice Gucci's oh, that you're going to wear on Saturday. Come on now. It never gets wet. Come on. It never gets wet. Come on now. I know. Never, no, never. No, no, man. I know. Carlos Ramirez here on the morning roast, courtesy of the Boxer Girls and Guest Line. Listen, Carlos. Should not your fans be nervous at all? I'm trying to talk about the ledge here. I'm extremely confident. The more and more I think about this football game, the more and more I break down this football game, I'm extremely confident. Where's your confidence level at? Yeah, really high. I mean, you respect every opponent because you should. It's football. On any given Sunday, anything can happen. Um, but I think, one, the element of surprise is out the window for the Packers. I mean, if they're not going to catch anyone off guard after what they did to the Cowboys let alone the San Francisco 49ers, who were well-prepared. And there are very few coaches who have a better record than Kyle Shanahan coming off a of bye week. Um, he is 4-1 and one after a bye week since 2019. Um, there are two things that – mainly one thing, if I'm being honest, that, that concerns me about Sunday, and that's the rain. I went back and looked at when did the 49ers under Shanahan have issues – either on a week one, which this kind of feels like one because they had the, the game against the Rams, had a very preseason vibe-like to it, and then you have a bye week, so then you have like a long week to prepare. So it kind of feels like the window before week one mm-hmm. of any season. And then it's also more like a bye week. So whenever the 49ers had rain, they had issues after a bye week. The only bye week game they lost under Shanahan after 2019, and I count 2019 because that, that's when he had a full squad and Bosa uh, and, and all the, and Debo and all those boys inside the team was uh, when they lost to the Colts at home on a rainy day. What? That day Garoppolo, Garoppolo threw two. Yeah, two yeah. Wentz looked great in that game. 
Let me let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you on the rain stuff because go back the year before they beat Russell Wilson in a downpour with Nick Mullins. It was the biggest win against the Seahawks in like a decade. But 2019, there was the Washington football game in the rain, the Baltimore game in the rain. They split those games. The following uh, the following year, I don't remember too many rain games, but in 2021, uh, I know there was a bunch of rain games. The Colts game being one of them. 2022, the opening game against the Chicago. Bears was in a downpour. Yeah. They have not been good in the rain, Carlos. Like that, I think they only have like one or two wins in the rain. Yeah, that, that's my concern. And that game you bring up, Joe, against um, the Commanders, it was the Robbie Gold game. It was nine nothing yeah. that game, Close and with three Robbie Gold field goals in yeah. Washington. So, and there's no Robbie Gold here. Uh, and we know some of the issues that the Niners have had lately with Jake Moody. So, the only real concern I have is the rain because it might you'll see fumble you might see fumbles. You might see tip balls, uh, balls that get, you know, scored from wide receivers' hands or uh, quarterbacks' hands. So that's, to me, kind of an equalizer. However, I did some homework. I know you were going to ask about Jordan Love and Brock Purdy. Um, the stats for Brock Purdy, both college and professional, after a bye week are incredible. You want you want you want to go through them or not? Yes, you know. Yes, you know. Is it is the devil going to spit them out or the angel? Look, look, look. Uh, the devil is on my shoulder saying, "Hey, hey, be careful! It's a rain game. Brock Purdy might screw it up on the rain. We don't know what might happen. It might be a tip ball. You might want to run the football." But then the angel says, "Hey, hey, listen now, listen, look, look, look." Don't worry. Brock Purdy has been stellar going back to college, throwing the football after a bye week. So Brock Purdy has 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, whenever he plays after a bye week. So don't worry. Throw the football with Brock and also give it to Christian McCaffrey. That is unbelievable. By the way, Carlos, the angel of the devil, the angel of the devil actually was a nominee for roaster for best roast moment, best call moment of the year. So, Carlos, you were nominated for a Doobie Award, believe it or not. I appreciate it. I want to thank all the other nominees and whoever won. uh, Screw you. (laughs) So, you'll be Uh, Brianna in Detroit. (laughs) Good luck with that. Yeah. So, check this out. Oh, it's guest moment. Guest moment. Sorry. Guest moment. Brock Purdy is 4 2. In college, he was 70% completion percentage, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions after a bye week. And he faced, I mean, he beat Texas Tech. He faced, he had a great game against Oklahoma. That was in 2019. They lost 42 to 41. He had five touchdowns in that game. That was in Norman, Oklahoma. Yep. After, after a bye week. Uh, he beat Kansas State. He beat TCU. Uh, he is really good after bye week. He was in Iowa State. So, the rust factor for me with Brock is not going to be an issue. If anything, he is really good after Bywoods. And remember what he did uh, against the Jaguars this season when they put the beat down against uh, the Jaguars on the road. So to me, that's not an issue with Brock going in for Saturday's game. Are you worried at all about Nick Bosa and his he, – he vanished last year in the playoffs. And, and I, I have said that I thought maybe the groin or, or the hamstring, something was up with him. And they went up against better, you know, obviously tackles that, that stifled him. He has to show up. Carlos, and if I'm looking at his season as a whole, based on the Bosa curve, right, not on any DN, the Bosa curve, he had like a C-minus year. He held out. He didn't look great at the beginning of the year. He picked it up, but he he got a lot of sacks in games that were kind of already decided. Like, I think he can wipe away the negativity of this year with a big, dominant performance on Saturday. He has to show up. Yeah, and I think he will. And and that's a great point, Joe, because I think two things – we have to take into consideration when, uh, three when we evaluate Nick Bosa's year. One, he came in late, and we know why. So that, I think, had an impact on what he did early in the season. Two, when uh, Chase Young got here, we saw how much pressure he was able to bring up the other edge and how the distribution of the pressure package was different for the offensive line they were facing. There were more guys going the other way because you have to take uh, account for Chase Young. And then three, uh, Eric Armstead was, was hurt the final five games of the season. So now more people can, again, put pressure or put protection towards Nick's side because the center of the line 
didn't have Eric Armstead to deal with. So now with Eric being back on Saturday, you have to, I think we'll have – how many games do they play all together? One, two maybe mm-hmm. at best? So I think we'll, we will see the best version of, of Nick Bosa. It, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. If one piece is out, then it, it, you can't see the complete picture of what you're trying to get from a defensive standpoint. And with Eric there and Javon Hargrave, and now with more guys than uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, Chase on one side and the other. I want to see how Chase Young does on Saturday with no Clinton Farrell if he can't make it, and I, mm. I don't think he will. Mm. So that's the one thing I want to see, how he steps up being the main guy opposite of Nick with no Clinton Farrell on the, on the lineup. No, nah, that's a great point. That's a great point, slowing down Aaron Jones, of course, and shutting down that Green Bay running game because everything's predicated off that run game, the play-action pass and everything. They don't want Jordan Love throwing the ball 40 times a game here. Uh, when it comes to Shanahan and the coaching matchup here, you know, Joe was asking me earlier today, and we'll leave you with this one, Carlos, you know, who's got more pressure on him, Purdy or Shanahan? And I don't believe Shanahan has as much pressure because he's extended. You know, he's going to be here next year no matter what. He's going to be here the year after no matter what. But what about Shanahan during this postseason run? It feels like in the NFC at least when it comes to Dan Campbell when it comes to LaFleur when it comes to Tom uh, Todd Bowles and Tampa Bay it feels like Shanahan's by far the way the better head coach he is he is I, I do think there's pressure Vontae not in the sense that if he doesn't win on Saturday he's going to get fired or anything right. nothing that happens on Saturday will get Kyle Shanahan fired no or even in the hot seat mm-hmm. nothing um However, what I do, where I do think the pressure comes in is how everything is set up for the 49ers to at least make it to the Super Bowl. Cowboys are out. Rams are out. Eagles are out. So the team, the remaining teams, no one had them being this far into the season. Um, they have rookie quarterbacks. And, and I mean, Love is basically, he is essentially a rookie quarterback. He hadn't played a full season before the season. Uh, the Lions are the Lions. They're good. A great team? I don't think so. And then the Buccaneers, the Niners already faced and beat. Where I think the pressure comes in is longevity and not being able to turn the corner and and become one of the Super Bowl champions that his peers are. If you go back and look at the list of coaches, the longest tenured coaches in the NFL right now, in the top five, he is the only one without a Super Bowl win. It's Harbaugh, it's Tomlin, it's Andy Reid, it's Sean McVay, and then it's Kyle Shanahan. They have all won at least one Super Bowl. So we get we know how great he is, but he's got to get the chip now. He's got to get the trophy. It's never been better than it is right now. That's where I think where the pressure comes to get the Super Bowl, not that if he doesn't win, he's going to get fired because we don't know what's going to happen next year. We don't know what's going to happen with the contracts. We don't know if Chase Young's going to be here. It's time to pay Brandon Ayuk. At some point, you're going to have to pay Brock Purdy. When is Trent Williams going to retire? All those things come into the fold. That's where I think the pressure comes, is the window closing now. And I think the, the window has never been bigger for the 49ers right, than it is right now. That's where I think the pressure is. Not Well, if he doesn't win, he'll get, he's not going to go anywhere. Anywhere. No matter what happens. Totally on Saturday. agree. But, but, but yeah, that, that's where I think uh, the pressure comes into uh, it was very fascinating. We could talk all day about this off-air, Carlos, but Shanahan telling Purdy, hey, man, you're the starter unless Tom Brady wants to come out of retirement. That came out of nowhere. Nowhere, Carlos. Yeah, but, I mean, is, 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 it, is that surprising to anyone? I mean, not, not to me, because if, if, I think they learned their lesson after 2019 when they decided to go with Garoppolo and, and not uh, Brady, the reports. Are, are true that Brady wanted to come here and, and mm-hmm. Shanahan and, and Lynch said no. If that's true, then and they learned their lesson. And they said, well, we have a ready team now to win it now. We love Brock, but we don't know what he is long-term, and we still have him for the long-term. So why not have Brady come here for a year, have Brock learn under him, and have Brady quarterback his hometown team and just you know retire into the sunset with a Super Bowl win or at least a Super Bowl appearance. So it, it, to me, it makes all the sense in the world. I don't think it's a dab on or a knock on Brock Purdy or Shanahan. If anything, it shows flexible mentality right. from Kyle Shanahan. If anything, if there's something I want from my head coach is for him to be flexible, accountable, humble enough to say, yeah, I screwed up in 2020 not going with Brady. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Uh, people get on Farhan Zaidi's nerves because they say he makes the same mistakes. Well, by not going big and getting big guys for the Giants, well, Shanahan and Lynch would have done 
the, the opposite, which is saying, you know what, we made a mistake in 2020. We're not going to make the same mistake if Brady's out there. We're going to bring him here and see what we can do. So to me, that's not a knock on anyone. Right. All right, Carlos. We'll be looking for that pocket square on Saturday. Are you ready for some football? Because I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I need a little more. I need a little more energy with that one. Are you ready for some football? At least do it in a devil voice. There you go. Turn your mic on, Shaska. Your mic's off. Your mic. Are you ready for some football? Yeah, see, that's not, that's not getting that me ready. Party. That's not getting me ready. That's not. That's we not. got Frank and Alan. You guys need to work Dan. on that. Carlos, we'll see you Saturday in the NBC Sports Bay Area. All right, guys. See you Saturday. Have a great one. And uh, last but not least, my condolences to the uh, Warriors, man. What, what yeah. a... What a tragedy. So our hearts ache for, for, the, for the Warriors and for um, coaches' family. Um, you know, uh, the game's just been postponed against the Mavericks on Friday. So hearts and, and shout-out to, to the Warriors organization and just our condolences to the entire uh, Warriors organization. The family. I, I thought you were going to shout-out the Kings for making your post-game show so fun the other night when they blew a 22-point lead to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and I want to forget that. Yeah. Not that I was subbing in for Morgan, who was doing fine, by the way, but no, that was horrible. All right. That was horrible. All right. All right. It's enough King stock. All right. All right. Bye bye, yeah. Carlos. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Um, Bye-bye. You know, Bye-bye. it's it's interesting. He brings up a couple of different uh, teams here. Uh, Carlos Ramirez, by the way, courtesy of the Boxer Girls of Guest Line. Love that. And there's a lot I want to get into. You're talking about pressure and. You know where Shanahan's at and all that. Like it's it's undeniable at this point that Shanahan's got it. He's got it. He's got to do something soon. No one's saying he's going to be out the door. It's just like, come on, man, let's go. We got to win one. We've been here long enough. We keep knocking on the door. This is our best chance. But real quick, you're going to see a lot of social media posts from some of the local teams. Go Niners! David Sampson, who I know you love, who used <laughs> to run the Marlins, <laughs> said that the biggest lie in sports is when two teams from the same area in different sports are pulling for each other on social media. He goes, the Marlins hate the Dolphins. The Marlins hate the Heat because they're all competing for the entertainment dollar simultaneously. And so you're going to see some Bay Area night tweets. You'll see them. They're always all over the place, and they generate a lot of good buzz and goodwill. But make no mistake about it. The Giants do not want the Niners to do well, at least internally. No comment on that. No comment on that whatsoever. The Bay's united, I believe. I think the Warriors, the Warriors do pull for the Niners, and I think the Niners do pull for the Warriors. Now, do they all want to be the top dog on the block? That's of what course. I'm saying. That's of what course. I'm saying. But the Giants, maybe they should take something from the Warriors and the 49ers because they're down bad right now. Like, they should be taking something. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.